Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. In 1959, the Kilauea volcano in Hawaii erupted. So tells me Google, uh, sending ash and magma up to 1,900 feet into the air, uh, a volcanic eruption. In 2017, in April, uh, my wife Leanne and I went to Hawaii uh, to do a wedding for a friend, and we were hiking around uh, this volcano, Kilauea Volcano, uh, a trail that goes along the rim of the crater through lush rainforest jungle and then descends down into uh, this crater, which is no longer liquid, hot, glowing uh, lava, but is now just a broad plain of these just basalt slabs, black rock. It looks like uh, asphalt plates have just been cut up, jagged, uh, tilting this way and that. Uh, and, and then we walked across the bottom of the crater uh, from one end to the other in this weird moon-like landscape. Uh, and as we were walking, um, this mist started to settle in um, and envelop us to the point that we, we couldn't really see, definitely not to the other end of the crater, and at some points not even to the walls that were on our right and on our left, and we were just walking through... Uh, this black rocky plain uh, in a cloud of fog and mist. Uh, And it struck me as really strange at the time, and even more as I've reflected on it, that uh, not that many decades prior, uh, this thing was living, breathing, destructive fire. Uh, And now here I am walking across it in a mist uh, as even the rain moved in and started dumping all over us. Uh, We hiked up, out, uh, in the rain, back to the uh, jungle, um, to the car, uh, and we headed on from there. That's funny, because I have always thought of you and Leanne and Dent Manor as the house of Israel, which, Exodus 40. So Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the clouds settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys." Amen and amen. And amen. Hey, everybody. It's, uh, it's us, finally. Hi. Finally together. Uh, it's me, Reed. And me, Reed. And him, Reed. Uh, and uh, we are going to tag team this final, this final talk for Exodus this semester. Uh, you can call it a co-sermon if you want to or a conversation about obscurity and illumination, or I'm bad at making titles on the fly. Not me. Thank you for keeping your face hidden. TM, as the kids say. 
That's a good one. Um, so here we are, fast forwarding to the very end of the book of Exodus, uh, where we get the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, which is a commonly known image from earlier in Exodus. We heard about it uh, when the Israelites had their back to the sea and the Pharaoh and his army are coming down on them. And God comes between the enemy and the people uh, in cloud and in fire alternatingly, I guess. We, we asked this question before, but what do you picture when you have imagined like a pillar of cloud? Like, what does that mean? Very disappointingly, all <laughs> I can see is a way too clean edged, perfect <laughs> column of like science experiments. Like here's a clear container with some smoke swirling around in it. I just, I, I can't hear <laughs> pillar of cloud and think big, intimidating, enveloping. Cause I've never been to Hawaii. I've never gotten to hike it. Which I didn't think about that, you know, until we were talking about this, uh, I didn't make that connection in my mind. Um, but it strikes me, I think it strikes both of us that, these two images in some ways are just very opposed to one another. Um, I mean, a cloud is rain and water and fire is not that it's, it's the opposite of that. It's fire. Uh, fire. It's burning. Um, but w w I think the thing that we kind of wanted to explore a little bit is uh, the way in which a cloud tends to be obscuring and it tends to, close you in like when you're on a foggy misty morning or walking through a crater uh, in Hawaii where you can't quite see what's all around you. Um, there's something really hushed and still about it. Uh, and a fire is very much the opposite. Um, it's, it's very illuminating. Uh, it's potentially destructive. It's full of energy and volume. Derek is the fire expert. I mean, he knows more about fire than cloud. That's for sure. I heart fire. The picture here at the very end of Exodus, I think it goes along with my tame science experimenty vision in my head of what the pillar of cloud is. But I, I read these mm -hmm. final verses mm -hmm. and it says the pillar of cloud is on the tabernacle by day and the fire is in it by night. And it's in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And in part, rightly, I hear that as a... Here we're stepping off into the happy ever after future. Mm -hmm. And there is a picture of the nation of Israel, all the people gathered together, being led by God in the presence of God, doing all of that together. Uh, and that's part of what we're supposed to, to take from here. It's this happy story of rescue from slavery, taken through all these wanderings mm -hmm. um, into this together with God picture. Uh, and that is, uh, that's good and right, but as we talked about more, just picturing w what is it like um, with the, the cloud that's there, and especially noting the couple of verses before mm. where it says, um, the cloud, the presence of the Lord, this cloud descends on the tabernacle. So God, God is filling it. It sounds like God filling creation. It sounds like the spirit filling Christians. Um, God's presence is there. And that's where the people are living in the desert. And it says uh, the people don't move mm -hmm. until the cloud is taken up, until God's presence is, is lifted up, removed, is at some distance from them. Mm -hmm. And that's when the people know to set out. So they, they start walking. And it's, it's a little counterintuitive. I think it's you, a lot counterintuitive. It's a lot counterintuitive if you think about it in those terms. When's the time to, to move? When is the call to action? Yeah. It's when God's presence leaves us in some way, leaves us in air quotes. Right, which I think we're more used to. It's when God's presence leads us and 
It's that song. We won't move without you. That's all the singing I'm going to do. Because we're unbiblical. Um, well, yeah, maybe. But, you know, just this sense of, like, we will not step forward until we know uh, where God would have us step. And maybe most importantly, that God will, quote unquote, be with us when we go. Because uh, it's not to say that God isn't with us, but maybe it's just the way that we think about that or how we expect that to like manifest itself to us. But yeah, in this picture, it's very much we are stopped. There is the obscuring cloud, the illuminating fire. Uh, there is time with God and a stillness there where we're not actually doing anything. We're, we're camped out. Yeah, we're camped out. We're not going forward. Uh, we're not hastily making plans. We are just, well, whatever they're doing when they're with God in the cloud. They're making breakfast and lunch and dinner, which is manna, manna, manna. For sure. They're collecting the manna. They're doing all that. And then the cloud lifts up, and and that's the point when they have to go forward. And, like, I just, how do they make a decision about where to go? Let's be Truman student as Israelite in that case. Okay. Uh, excuse me, professor, professor, wait a second. Where are you going? How are we supposed to know what to do now? When is this due? Why didn't you tell us what the homework is for tonight? How, why? Ah! Yeah, it's like the syllabus addiction where I have to have all of the, not just due dates, but like pre-due dates and pre-pre-due dates, you know, or, you know, it's the, we want to get married, but we're going to get engaged before married and we're going to actually get pre-engaged and what do they call that? Um, absurdity. That's it. That's not whatever it was anyway. Yeah. So, so what we have instead is a picture of life with God. That means going forward in some ways without God. And even the, the times that we are with God is not always as clear as God, like sitting down. Like it's not that God was necessarily sitting around like a big conference table with Moses, you know, laying out all of the plans and what they were going to do. Like it's a, it's a pillar of cloud in the sight of all the people in the sight of all the people in the sight. But, uh, you got to look over there to see it. And the two of us sitting side by side, are looking at us from a slightly different vantage, seeing a slightly different thing. Wait, mm. but is the cloud taken up or is it not? No, it's the same height it was yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've thought a lot about the communal aspect of this, that mm. this is the, the pretty picture that's painted here at the end of Exodus. I want to bask in that and accept the happy, you know, <laughs> the happy ending. However, I am also familiar with the rest of the Bible and I know about the way that yeah. The Israelites are going to be in their wanderings and when they get to the promised land and mm-hmm. grumbling is the number one mm-hmm. uh, uh, characteristic of, of their life and how they go about that. Right. Um, so I, I've also thought about in that communal life, uh, in, the, in the sight of all the people is this cloud, um, but the people are, are still in constant conversation with each other um, trying to hash out, okay, so where do we now go? If the cloud is lifted and so we're on the move... Which way are we going? 36 mm-hmm. degrees that way? Are we heading back this way? Uh, and that, that communal aspect, um, the kind of discernment that's done in some ways, like without God's direct leading or direct hand in the matter, that, that seems to me to be pretty instructive for how we think about we have the spirit of God mm-hmm. in our midst, in our presence, it's inside us. And that leads us, and there's a, a kind of uh, unfortunate 
way of thinking about that. And I've actually heard this explicitly. I've heard somebody say, hold on, if we all have the same spirit in us as Christians, mm -hmm. then shouldn't we all think the same thing about what is the answer to this issue or mm -hmm. what's it time to do and when mm -hmm. shouldn't that same spirit in us lead us to all like be in agreement? And I don't know what to tell you <laughs> other than no, just well, empirically. Just, I mean, no. Imagine, you know, everybody's in the side of the cloud what does everybody collectively say about a cloud? Like if you're all sitting in a mist, you know, and you're trying to describe the nature of the mist that is enshrouding you all, like how do we expect everybody to come to a consensus on how big is it and what is the volume of water that it contains, especially because you are within it. Like you can't stand outside of it and look at it. You are, you are within it. That's right, that even with God's common spirit in us, even with the common cloud in the sight of all the house of Israel, um, there's not going to be just obvious inherent agreement about what it's time to do when or which direction to head. Uh, and so especially if we think more about um, the times when the people are moving, when they're packing up their stuff and setting out and have to choose a direction and a speed to go and when to stop and where to head, um, they're doing that when the cloud is taken up, like God's presence is removed from them. And, and so to speak, they're, they're left to themselves on their own to figure out what to do. Mm. Uh, it, it reminds me of um, this line from Bonhoeffer that is now emblazoned in my mind and written on the tablets of my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and in a letter, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he said, before God and with God, we live without God. I mean, he's acknowledging the reality of God. We, we are always living before God. God is with us like the pillars of cloud and fire here. Uh, and yet, the way that we find ourselves in the world um, is also and often living as if without God. It's the, the, the cloud, um, the presence is taken up and we're left to figure out between ourselves what, what to do and we know um, the reality of what God has done and the way he's called us to live and all of that. And now we have to, we have to work it out um, with some recognition that God's not going to just give us every answer. He's not going to just cause the two of us to agree. And it, it actually looks like a lot of what he's aiming for is for our communal life to be the kind of frictiony purifying force where all the stuff that's happening interpersonally in those decision-making processes, that's the stuff that, it, that is God's presence. It's it's what He's looking for, mm. and um. So here, the the picture of us moving um without the presence of God for, for me, it it gives me a lot more grace toward other people. Like when I just can't understand what are you talking about, and how do you not see this the way that it seems so clear to me? I recognize that like God isn't here, just putting the exact same thing in each of us, and yeah. we we are uh, necessarily left with compromise and and grace and all that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to think again of the two images of cloud and fire. And sometimes maybe, you know, communally, we have an experience of the fire where things seem very energized and straightforward, maybe very illuminated, like it's very clear what we ought to do or how we ought to like interact with the world around us, what we ought to say. And then other times as a community, it feels very much like we're in the fog and we don't quite even know where each other is in the fog. And, you know, probably if we think about the life of the in of individuals as well, like there are moments where you may be like feeling like you're right there with the pillar of fire, you know, and you're like blazing forward 
uh, and their but your neighbor maybe find themselves in the pillar of cloud, not quite sure which direction even to go. Uh, and so in those things, yes, I think grace is what is required. Patience, a recognition uh, that an experience, like a life experienced with God will at times be very clear and very energizing and at times be very confusing, even full of doubt. And that's to be expected, uh, even if we fast forward and we think about uh, the life of Jesus with his disciples, mm-hmm. and especially the life um, of the Christians after the resurrection of Jesus. I um, was reading in Matthew 28, looking up uh, what Jesus tells his disciples there mm-hmm. after he's been resurrected. And um, the women who go to the tomb, they actually hear from an angel and then from Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus tells them, tell my brothers, the disciples, us as Christians, um, tell them, I'm going ahead of them to Galilee and tell them I'm on the way there and they should follow that trail um, and, and they should head there and I will meet them there. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt to me a lot like um, the presence is, is taken up and it goes on ahead of them, just mm-hmm. like God does in the cloud. He moves on ahead and now he, here we are tr- on his trail trying to follow that sense, disagreeing with each other, but looking to do that as a community. Um, Jesus... In his invitation, his demand to us as Christians is is very similar. Like he could walk with us, holding our hands and you know, enveloping all of us, the whole community, in one giant bear hug to make sure that we all know exactly where it is we're headed and at what mm-hmm. speed. Uh, but he says, "I'm going out ahead. I'm preparing a way, and I want you guys to figure it out together um, to 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 meet me there, to follow me there." And when they meet him there, they actually see Jesus. And then he goes away again. He's taken up again. And that's especially where we find ourselves now. Jesus having been taken up, we're always like a half step behind following Mm -hmm. in that void where he just was with like an assurance that like Jesus was here and he's calling us ahead, but never that full on presence that just lets us be sure. Yeah. I mean, that also reminds me of the the road to Emmaus in Luke when uh, the disciples are walking along. Which ones are they? John and... Cleopas Cletus shout out trash but they're walking along and resurrected Jesus shows up to walk along with them and well first of all they don't even recognize that it's him so there's obscuring cloudiness but he starts to walk with them and talk with them concerning all the things in scripture concerning himself Uh, and one of my favorite lines is they're remembering that conversation and they're like didn't our hearts burn within us so there's the fire it's illuminating it's energizing we have a clear picture of like how things make sense and what we ought to do and they beg Jesus to stay with them like stay don't don't go on stay with us for the night and he's like yeah okay Uh, and then he he, they're having the meal and he breaks the bread and instantly he just he vanishes from their sight uh, which so even even in the space of a day for the disciples, they can go from hearts burning to where did he go? We don't see, and yet still like they have to then move on. Like they still have the call to go out to you know Judea, Jerusalem, the ends of the earth, uh, and whether Jesus is burning right there with them or not. Yeah, God teases us. He draws us along, for sure. By the way, Lord. Thank you for keeping your face hidden. Mm. I can hardly bear the beauty of this world. Just to get the title in there. <laughs> mm. So as we come to the end, uh, and I'm just thinking of, like, if we have a word for the people who are the fire people and the people who are 
the cloudy people, what we would say to them, uh, and to the fire people, uh, uh, the ones who have been on the road to Emmaus just now or are on there as we speak and Jesus is walking along making your heart to burn and you have a clear sense of purpose and meaning uh, I, I would say keep that fire hold on to that uh, but also don't expect that that is how it will always go uh, because he may break bread with you and then vanish from your sight uh, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. Uh, doesn't mean that God has done anything wrong. Uh, like Derek said, uh, he likes to tease us along, um, and we trust that that's for our good. Uh, and, and to the cloudy people uh, who feel in the haze, you're in the crater, not quite sure which direction is which. Um, one of the things that strikes me about the nature of the cloud and the fire both in the Exodus story is that there is something protective about them. They are meant to guard the people. Uh, and so not just in the fire, but the cloud as we find ourselves within it. Um, and I'm reminded, too, of Tyler's talk on the Ten Commandments where there is this intimate nature of being in the cloud with God. Uh, but there is something maybe even protective about that for us that we may not fully understand, uh, but that we can trust that uh, God is keeping our enemies at bay, uh, and that when he does lift and that cloud lifts, uh, we will still be able to walk on uh, faithfully with him and without him. Yeah. Before God and with God, we live without God. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And so now, uh, may, we, may we really experience uh, the intimacy, uh, even the joy, uh, the protection of being in the cloud. Uh, and may we experience uh, the bright, illuminating, uh, energizing uh, time with God that is the fire. Uh, and when that lifts from us, uh, may we have the courage, may we have the faith and the trust uh, to, to journey on to wherever it is that God may meet with us next. Amen. And now if you'll stand with us for our final benediction of the semester. And, and God, God heard, heard their, their moaning, moaning and, God and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with, and with Jacob. And God saw the Israelites and God knew. Go in peace.